Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. brand new season of dog talk a butler podcast from the indie stars insider akeem glasby i am matt klinesk sports editor who handles colleges and akeem we are one game into the butler season and after a first rough rough first 10 minutes it got it was pretty nice after that and a big blowout win over eastern michigan what are some of your your first impressions of this brand new new look butler bulldogs team yeah, I mean, I would say uh, there was some worry in the first 10 minutes. Um, I believe Eastern Michigan took a 17 to 16 lead with about nine minutes left in the first half. And I thought we might be headed for more of the same of what we saw last year. There's just a, a team that got behind and couldn't really fight back. But uh, that proved to not be the case. Um, once Butler got behind, uh, first it was kind of Pierre Brooks, the second who got them going, and then Jamil Telford. They those two powerful forwards just kind of got into the pain and started to get the offense going, and then everyone else kind of followed suit. You know, uh, Posh Alexander started um, finding his teammates and hitting some mid-range shots, and then before you know it, uh, the dogs blew it open. And then in the second half, it was all Butler. I believe it was sixty to twenty, or yep, sixty to twenty-nine in the second half. Second half, they outscored Eastern Michigan. Uh, six players in double figures with uh, 18 from Jamil Telford to lead the way. So, yeah, it was uh, just a pretty impressive all-around performance. What stood out most impressively to you? I mean, I I wasn't really able to watch the game because uh, when they when the FS1 says they're going to show you Biggie's basketball, they really just stick to, like, Seton Hall and Xavier, apparently, yesterday. So if Butler fans didn't make it to Hinkle Fieldhouse, they were pretty um, – SOL when it came to wanting to watch the game. So for those who weren't able to get eyes on this Bulldogs team, what what was the key? What really stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I would say that their defense, uh, they played really strong on-ball defense. Um, let's see, three players with at least two steals. Uh, Posh Alexander led the way with three steals, and that's kind of what Posh is there to do. You know, he's a just kind of a true point guard in every sense of the word. He sets up his team teammates, but he also guards the other team's best ball handler, and he's really active in the passing lanes and getting steals. And so he was able to turn those steals into points. And DJ Davis actually played really strong on-ball defense as well, uh, also turning steals into points. And he was also working more as a facilitator because his shot, uh, he's known for his outside shooting, but he went one for five from three so it was good to see him contribute in other ways and i guess that's just another kind of uh word to describe the team everyone was contributing and the outside shot wasn't really falling uh butler went six for 22 from three but um other players or all the players made sure to find their offense in other ways so that was that was good to see and then by the second half um it was all just kind of pouring it on kind of turnball hit hit two threes and it had like a a really nice reverse dunk so it, everyone was getting into the action so it was nice to see well there's only three players back from last year's roster and Thad Mata basically blew it up you know he he wanted a roster that was more suited to his style of play didn't have that last year so it was very active in the transfer portal but but you know, 
just because they're new doesn't mean this group isn't experienced. I mean, you look at that starting lineup and you've got Pierre Brooks, who's played 50 Big Ten games, you know, at Michigan State. You've had Posh Alexander, who, you know, Big East fans, Butler fans know for everything he's done over the years at St. John's. Uh, Jamil Telfort played a ton of games at Northeastern. Um, Jalen Thomas, you know, before he came to Butler, was was a starter for Georgia State. So there's plenty. And then there's DJ Davis, again, who's two and a half year, three year starter um, where he came from. So there's a lot of experience in that lineup, just not together. So were you do, you do you kind of chalk up those first 10 minutes to really just kind of feeling feeling each other out and, uh, you know, and, and just trying to figure out where they need to be and, and figuring out that system? Yes, and that pretty much admitted uh, as much to, to that. It's just, you know, it's it's just kind of a feeling out phase, you know. If you think one person's going to back cut and then they, you know, they cut to the corner and, you you know, you throw the ball out of bounds. or So it, that happened a couple of times, just some communication things and just some kind of timing things that, you know, that they'll learn throughout as the season progresses. But, you know, Posh said, you know, they, they feel like they know each other fairly Really well, just from the time spent playing together in the summer. So I mean, it was really just that first ten minutes that was the filling out phase, and then after that, the, everyone seemed pretty comfortable together. Can we talk about my guy Andre Screen? A perfect six for six <laughs> in the field, thirteen points, five rebounds. Um, obviously, this isn't the Patriot League. This is the Big East, but you're playing a you know a lower tier max max squad. But he's seven foot one, and there's not you know anytime you can bring someone of that with that height off the bench and go against smaller opponents, it's nice to see him him take advantage of it. Again, 13 points in 15 minutes. Um, that had to be nice. That, that, was that a little bit of a surprise for his uh, early production? Um, somewhat, but, I mean, Jalen Thomas is still working his way back from a foot injury. I know it's not serious, but of the starters, Jalen played the least at 18 minutes. So I figured Andre was going to have, uh, you know, a little bit more more of a workload and I know he's still kind of trying to figure out his conditioning again he's a really big guy but yes at against mid-majors and other player other teams with without the size he can really be a factor I didn't expect to see this kind of offensive display going six for six and he even had a little jumper in there that was that was impressive to see and his teammates really found him in in places where he could you know contribute obviously you know really close to the basket for dunks and layups but yeah um, offense from Andre Screen is definitely would be a plus for this team because you know I, I figured his role would be more of like a defensive stopper, um, but yeah. So uh, to see him contribute on both ends of the floor is definitely encouraging. Finley Bizjack, a freshman, is a name a lot of the a lot of Butler fans are have been waiting to watch, kind of see what he's got. Part of it is because he's got an awesome name, but he also was a highly rated recruit coming in. What were your first impressions of his first game? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think he, he looked like a freshman, you know, a little tentative at, at times. But I think once he got in the flow of the game, he started to attack the basket. He got his first points on, on a nice drive to the basket through contact uh, for, you know, in, to earn a trip for the line or earn a trip to the line. He missed a free throw. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he looks like a freshman. But he also you see the flashes of talent, uh, some ball handling duties that he, he took over at times last night he's a confident shooter um so i I'd, I'd expect him to continue to grow as the season progresses i was curious to see if he'd start uh in the backcourt next to posh but uh like we said that went with a more experienced player in dj davis but i'm curious to see you know how the backcourt kind of 
checks out as the season progresses because you know posh is about six feet dj davis is about six one so you have two kind of smaller guards that you know they they can both play make and and create and shoot or more so dj than posh but you know if they ever want to get more size Philly would be a nice kind of compliment to both posh and dj as well as landon moore too he he's a pretty much the backup point guard so they're all they're all in, interchangeable pieces so i'm curious to see how the backcourt will shake out uh, as the season progresses yeah, I was going to ask you about Landon Moore. You know, played 19 minutes, four assists, um, had a couple turnovers. Didn't you know? Didn't make a shot from the field. But um, where do you where do you see kind of his role? Because you know, DJ Davis, Pierre Brooks, and Posh Alexander. Those are the, those are your three starting guards. You you might see Biz Jack work your way in there. But it, how how does Landon Moore? You, you say he was basically the the second waves facilitator. Is that what his role will be this year? You think moving forward? Yeah. Um. It, I mean, I guess it depends on who who he's playing with there was times where Landon was playing with Posh and he could play off the ball and kind of look to get his own shot but for the most part yes Landon will be kind of the backup point guard when Posh is out of the game and facilitate for that second unit and he's probably definitely the most likely the point guard of the future once Posh leaves I mean he's a he's a big guy 6'3 uh he's a sophomore so he has experience I mean again he played about you know, 15 games at, at St. Francis. So he too is almost like a freshman with the, just in terms of the inexperience that he has and the jump he's making, you know, from St. Francis to Butler. So he also showed a little rust, but I know the coaching staff is really, you know, high on him and he has all the tools to be a, a really talented combo guard or more specifically a point guard in the Big East. Nice. And Jamil Telfort led the way with 18 points. And we, t- we touched a little bit on Pierre Brooks, but those guys have Big East bodies, so they won't be pushed around a little bit. You know, they'll know. I think last year there was part some of that where there was maybe just a little lack of depth and competitive nature. What did these guys bring and show you in the first game? Yeah, I mean, the depth is definitely there more so than last year, but a lot of that, you know, the inability to just have a deep bench was to injury. So, I mean, as if this team could stay healthy, obviously they're going to be an, an actually a more deep team. But, yeah, um, I guess the, if we're talking about depth, kind of Turnbull is kind of the person we should mention. Uh, you know, he had 13 points on five or six shooting, two for three from three he's kind of the him and um augusto cassia who didn't play due to injury those two are uh, would be really big depth pieces because they can guard multiple positions they're athletic they can shoot Th- those guys th- th- that's uh they're two people that they didn't really have last year because turner was T- turnbull was basically playing the five which he was miscast as so now connor is playing on the perimeter and you can see that you know if you put a, a bigger guy on him he's going to blow by him and and you know do something nice at the rim and uh he can shoot as well so he's he's definitely a great chess piece to have and cassia from what i saw in practice has the same kind of skills maybe not the pure shooting ability as connor but again he's a, a mismatch nightmare i would say and uh, someone again another piece that they didn't really that they didn't have last year and we'll do a little thing they call a tease we'll have more on Connor Turnbull on uh, IndyStar.com later this week. Sorry, I just killed a spider in my basement. You like that? This is we're called multitasking here. That's a big spider. Um. So yeah, uh, what what did Thad Mata say after the game? What were his what were his thoughts? I've asked you your initial thoughts. What were his takeaways from from this group's first outing? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, he he spoke about you know the 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 just kind of the filling out process and them getting to know each other. But he also said that he was glad that they got tested. You know, I'm sure he everyone would have loved them to cruise, you know, and to win by 30 without ever being down or you know kind of having to fill each other out. But that wasn't the case. You know, Eastern Michigan gave them. A, a tough punch in the first 10 minutes and dad said you know i i want to see how these guys responded and now they have that on tape where you know they can go back and kind of learn from their mistakes while also you know battling back from adversity you know in real time and then coming back and putting together a strong performance so he said that was good to see he's glad that they could you know get tested a little bit and still come out on top and Kind of, I guess that's kind of what it comes down to is that that didn't really happen last year. You know, like th- th- this team would get behind and then before you know it, they'd be trailing by 20. Well, it's a, I know it's only one game against an inferior opponent, but they didn't just come back. They, you know, stepped on their necks and, and took the game over. So that, that killer instinct wasn't always there last year. So at least through one game, it seems like this team has it. If you look at the Big East standings, Butler's in first place right now. <laughs> and Michigan virtue, State lost. Yeah, by virtue of uh, the alphabet. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Friday, Southeast Missouri State, or SEMO, uh, as we like to call it. Uh, does anyone call them SEMO, or do we just like spell it out just to save ink? I've, I've, to save ink. I feel like I've heard of them called SEMO before, but I, I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> All right, well, 8.30 Friday, Hinkle Fieldhouse, Southeast Missouri State. It says you can watch it on FS2, and it doesn't say, you know, Big East whip around. So this might actually be a game you can watch. And if not, then get to Hinkle Fieldhouse because there's no better place in college basketball to watch a basketball game. Uh, it's fantastic. So, uh, Kim, you got anything else you want to add before we wrap up uh, week one of Dog Talk? No. No. Yeah, I, yeah I think was, uh, very succinct. No, just... no, I got nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just uh, look out for that uh, Connor Turnbull feature. It was nice talking to him in the preseason, just kind of figuring out why he stayed, you know, because he was initially recruited to Butler by Laval Jordan. He decommitted, and then, you know, after speaking with Thad, he was convinced to come back, and now he seems like he could be kind of a breakout player. So just I talked to him about that and just, uh, you know, what kind of swayed him to coming back. Awesome. Well, thanks, and uh, we'll do this again next week. We'll try to make this a weekly thing as schedule permits during the basketball season. Uh, and I'm I'm assuming most Butler fans are feeling better about this year's team uh, than last year's already. So thanks, Akeem. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.